Hey guys, God bless you. Welcome to Swerve Church Live. My name is Danny. We haven't had the pleasure to meet just yet, and I'm so glad that you're taking out the time right now. Uh, wherever you are, whether it's in the living room, the kitchen, in your bedroom, wherever you are, to tune in to watch us. And thank you so much for, for doing that. And today we're going to be beginning a brand new series called What's Next? Now listen, we're all on a spiritual journey. And no matter where you are on that spiritual journey, there's a next step for you to take. And for throughout this series, we're going to try to answer some questions and we're going to try to figure that out. We're going to try to figure out what the next step may look like for you. Some of you, maybe you have a question about the, like the church. What is the church? Why do we go to church? What is the purpose of church? And you're like, what was this church business all about? Others of you, maybe you have a question about baptism. Why, do, why does someone get baptized? Why do we do that at, at any rate? Why do we do that? And what's the purpose of doing that? What's the symbolism behind that? We want to try to answer that question. Or, or communion. When we were gathering together every week uh, back at the school, we serve communion every week. Why do we do communion? What, what is it with the drink? And what is it with the bread? And, and what's that all about? What is it symbolic of? And what we hope to try to do throughout the series is answer some of those questions and help you determine what is your next step. Now, talking about communion, next week is Easter Sunday, and we're going to be celebrating uh, as a church body. Uh, I know we, we can't get together and we can't celebrate in person, uh, but at least by these means, we'll be able to celebrate our risen Lord and Savior. And to do that, we're going to take communion as a church family. So I'm going to invite you all to, take, to partake in communion with us. And the way you can do that is making sure you go to the grocery store sometime this week, pick up some juice, pick up some bread, uh, so that you can partake in communion with us together. Uh, so make sure sometime this week you pick up, doesn't matter the bread, doesn't matter the juice, and we'll get into the nitty gritty about that next week. But I want to partake in communion together as a church body. So I invite you at some point this week to pick up uh, some of the elements that you need. So I wanted to start off today by asking you guys a question. What kind of family did you grow up in? Now, I know that question conjures up different types of emotions for different people. Uh, for now, for some of you, maybe you grew up in, in a great family. You had mom and dad at home. Uh, you grew up in, in a lovely home. You had the white picket fence, 2.5 kids, and a dog. And it was a, a beautiful family. It was the picture-perfect family, the family you see on, on TV shows, right? And, uh, and it conjures up great emotions for you. Now, some of you, you grew up in a family that was maybe it was broken or the family was split up or, or, or you were in a single parent home uh, or maybe your parents were abusive. Or maybe you didn't even know your parents. Uh, maybe you didn't even know your parents because you were abandoned uh, as a child and you were raised up by uh, grandparents or somebody else. Or maybe uh, members of your family passed away and you grew up uh, all alone. Uh, so depending on the answer to that question, uh, it conjures up different types of emotions for you on, on what is family, what does family look like, or what kind of family did you grow up in. It also changes your outlook on life, uh, what you think of family, what is your perception of family, uh, depending on the answer to that question. Now let me ask you guys another question. What do you think of the word church? What pops into your mind when you think of the word church? Uh, for some of you, you have a traditional view of the church. Uh, you think of a steeple, you think of you know, maybe those wooden pews, or uh, the, the moldy smell of old carpet, <laughs> or, or maybe even a choir and people dressed up in robes, suits, and ties. Uh, depending on your upbringing depends on the answer to that question. For some of you, you think of uh, like our church, you think of a school, and you think of chairs, you think of uh, electric guitar and, and drums, and, and, uh, and we've replaced the smell of moldy carpet with fresh brewed coffee. Maybe that's the smell that you think of when you think of the word church. Others of you, you're like, 
you have a blank stare and uh, you have nothing comes to your mind because you haven't been to church ever and so you don't even know uh, what to think of the word church but i hope that in this series that we'll be able to challenge your view of both of these things and actually maybe even see a connection between these two things in, the, in this series. If you're a devoted follower of Jesus and you go to church regularly, you read your Bible and you pray and you're a fully devoted follower of Christ, uh, or whether you're just kicking the tires of Christianity and you're trying to figure this thing out, trying to figure out what is uh, what, what's Jesus and what does he mean to me and, and my relationship with God, and you're trying to figure that out. Uh, no matter where you are on this faith journey, on this spiritual walk, because we're all somewhere on that journey, we want to answer the question, what's the next step for you? And I want you guys to realize that God has given us an amazing resource. And His God-given resource is the church. And I want you to view the church that way. It is God's resource for you and me. And perhaps your next step in answering the question, what's next for you? Maybe it is to plug in to the church. In fact, if you're taking notes, today's big idea is this. You can write this down, and that is that God invites us into a new family. God invites you into a new family. And whatever picture you might have of the church right now, I, I'm just going to ask you to wipe it clean, throw it in the trash, because we don't want to just look at whatever perception you have of church. We want to look at the Bible and have a biblical understanding of what the church is. And so for the next few minutes, we're going to look at the Bible and see what it says to us about the church. Here's number one in your notes. What do we know about the church? You can write this down in your notes. It's this, that the church isn't a building, it's a family. The church isn't a building, it's a family. Did you ever think of church this way? Did you ever think of the church not as a building, not as an event, but as a family? What is the biblical perception of the church is what the Bible teaches us the church is. In fact, we read this in Romans chapter 12, verse 4 and 5. You can follow along. Here's what it says. It says, Now as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function. In the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Now, maybe you have a traditional view uh, of the church. You look at it as a building or you look at it as programs or curriculum or maybe even as an event. Well, the picture that Paul paints here is the picture of one body, of different members, many members, one body in Christ. It's kind of like a family unit, right? You, you think of the, your family as one. Uh, you may have you know, brothers and sisters, a mom, dad, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, whatever. Uh, those are all different members of the family, but it's one family at the end of the day. It's one group. Do you view the church as family? Do you see yourself as a member of that family? You see, that is God's design for the church. He designed it to be as a family. And if that's true, there's certain family dynamics. There's certain truths that come into play. If we're a family, then there's, there's ways about that we talk to one another, that, that we communicate to each other, how we relate, how we talk, how we serve one another, and even what we believe about each other if this is true. And what's next for you? It may be to plug in to this family. Now, the question is, where are you going to get plugged in? And uh, I'm a little biased, but I hope Swerve Church would be the place uh, for you to plug in. But it, 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 honestly, it doesn't matter as long as it's a church that loves God, loves people, that preaches Jesus and teaches the Bible, then that's a place for you to plug in. But I'm going to give you a little bit of a clue, and that is that there is no perfect church out there. And chances are that if there is a perfect church, the moment that you would step in, you done mess up the whole place. You, I trust me, okay? So there is no perfect place, but you want to find a family to plug into, to be a part of, and maybe this is your next step. 
Number two in your notes is this, and that is that within family, there is love. Within family, there is love. I would love for you guys to read this verse out loud with me. It's Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Would you guys follow along and read it? It says this, Love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Outdo one another in showing honor. Now the Greek word, um, the translated love, there is the word Philadelphia. And what that word means, it means brotherly love, uh, a loving friend, or brotherly affection. And what Paul is trying to communicate there is that within uh, the local church, within the family of God, within the family, the church expresses Philadelphia. It expresses this brotherly love. Now, what does that love look like? Well, it's not a conditional love. In other words, uh, it's not you performing for me in order to earn my love, right? It's you have to do A, B, C, and X, Y, Z in order uh, for you to get my love. No, that, that would be a conditional love. It's an unconditional love. It's a love that is willing to be extended just because you're part of the family. I love my brother and sister. I love my, my family because they're my family and they get an unconditional love from me. It's a lot like God's love, an unconditional love. If you want more examples of what love looks like, you can look at 1 Corinthians, a very popular passage that describes what love is. And it says that, you know, love is patient, love is kind, that it's humble, that it honors others, that it protects, it trusts, and it perseveres. That's what love is, and that's what love looks like. Do you view the church as a loving place? Do you view the church, your church family, as a loving place? I pray to God, and I hope so. But you know what would be a better question to ask? That is, what do you do to give love? You see, so often we want to be on the receiving end of that love and we ignore the responsibility that we have to bring love to the table, to express that Philadelphia love, that brotherly love and affection. And so often, because we're selfish and sinful human beings, we always want to be on the receiving end uh, of that relationship, but we never consider, what do I bring to the table? What brotherly affection, what Philadelphia type of love are you bringing to the table? How are you giving of this love in order to make the church a more loving place? Are you providing that? We're not always just on the receiving end. We have to be on the giving end as well. And why do we do that? That's because the church is family. And within family, there is love. Now, I was just thinking about this. How can you show love in the middle of this pandemic, in the middle of everything that we're experiencing in this day and age? How can we show love uh, to one another with the social distancing? And I had a couple ideas for you. Uh, maybe you can send a text. Send a text to someone you haven't seen, uh, to somebody from your church family. Say, hey, we miss you. We're praying for you today. Uh, we love you. And whatever that is, you can go ahead and do that. There was something that the cavemen used to do way back when, when dinosaurs roamed the earth. They used to make phone calls. And maybe you can do that. You pick up a phone, you dial the number, and give them a call. And you can hear their voice and they can hear yours. Something that you can do as well. If you don't know how to do that, Google it and it'll help you. Or maybe you could send a letter. Uh, this week I was writing letters to some friends that, that you know my wife and I, we miss dearly. And so I wanted to let them know that we love them and that we care for them and are praying for them. And maybe you can do that. Or maybe through the miracle of technology, you can video chat with somebody, right? Through Google Hangouts or FaceTime or Zoom, whatever. Even my son Junior's been doing that this week. He discovered, you know, through the remote learning process that he can actually Zoom call his friends and have a conversation with them uh, that way. I mean, these are some very practical ways that we can show love. But the church isn't a building. It's a family. And within family, there is love. And number three in your notes, you can write this down. And that is that within family, there is conflict. Within family, there is conflict. Now listen to me very carefully, because some of you love conflict. 
All right, you wake up in the morning dreaming about how you can pick a fight with somebody and you go to sleep at night angry with that person that you want to pick a fight with. All right, some of you, you should have been a professional MMA fighter, okay, or, or, or with the WWE wrestling. You, you would be a champion because you love to pick fights. Some of you guys were presidents of the debate club and you love to pick an argument uh, with anybody. That is not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. Uh, what I'm talking about is that within family, within the family dynamic, there is conflict that we have to consider. Uh, but think about it in your own family. Uh, think about those holiday meals. Right? When it's time to uh, Thanksgiving or Christmas time comes around, uh, you think you, you, there's a conflict around whose who's home are you going to have dinner? Uh, and right is are you going to go to the in-laws are you going to stay home or which in-laws you're going to choose or 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 what if you if your parents live in a different state are you going to travel to that state right think about that type of a conflict or, or within a family there's financial conflict right who's going to manage the the purse strings right who's going to manage the the wallet and, and one of you is a spender the other one is a a, a a saver and so that creates conflict within that dynamic within a family my kids, they argue all the time about who's going to hold the remote and, and even where, who, who sits in what seat in the car because within family, there is conflict. You see, guys, within family, there is conflict and conflict is unavoidable. But what we can do within that conflict is try to seek resolution or how do we deal with conflict? That's the question that we want to answer. And look at what Romans chapter 14, verse 19 says. In fact, read this out loud uh, with me, especially those of you that love to fight. Read this out loud with me. Ready? Go. So then, let us pursue what promotes peace and what builds one another up. Let's read that again. So then, let us pursue what promotes peace and what builds one another up. Pursue what promotes peace. We want to pursue what promotes peace for the good of the family. And how do we do that? Well, we do that through the means of compromise. We do that through extending forgiveness towards one another. We do that through communication, through expressing our feeling, expressing our thoughts by communicating to one another. We do that by sharing empathy and understanding uh, the, point of, the perspective and the point of view of one another. Now, here's the question I want you guys to consider. Do you promote peace or do you wage war? Do you promote peace or do you wage war? Because if you're waging war, you're not building each other up. You're not building the family of God. You're not building the local church. What we want to do is recognize that within family, there will be conflict. But within that conflict, we're going to seek opportunities to resolve the conflict. We're going to try to understand one another and we are going to promote peace. Now, here's the last and final point for today. Number four, you can write this down. And that is that we are family because of Jesus. We are family because of Jesus. Now maybe you're sitting uh, there in the living room and you're like, Danny, where do you get this whole family business from? What are, you, what are you talking about? Well, it's because of Jesus. And this is the biblical perspective, biblical point of view of what the church is. Look at what Romans 15, 7 says. I would love for you guys to read it out loud with me. Ready, go. Therefore, accept one another just as Christ also accepted you to the glory of God. You see, it's Jesus' good and perfect work on the cross that makes us family. There's one thing that we all have in common. No matter where you are in your walk with Christ, whether you are a fully devoted follower of Christ or, or, or whether uh, you're kicking the tires of Christianity, we have all this in common, and that is that we have all sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. 
You see, that sin that we all have alienates us from God. It, it breaks the relationship that we have with God. But God, out of His great love for you and for me, sends Jesus to die on the cross. This is why we celebrate Easter, because Jesus died in your place, in my place, on the cross for the forgiveness of our sin. And three days later, God, through the power of the Spirit, God raises Jesus from the grave. And in His life, in His life, we have newness of life. We are made new. And because of Jesus' death and resurrection, His perfect atonement for your sin and mine on our behalf, we can experience forgiveness of sin and new life. Every single one of us have that ready made available. Each and every single one of us have access to Jesus Christ, to that forgiveness, to that new life in Him. And essentially through Jesus' work on the cross, we all become blood related. We all become family because of Jesus' work on the cross. We can all be welcomed into the family of God. We all become children of God. We all become family. Are you a part of that family? Are you a part of the family of God? I have good news for you. You can be. All you have to do is admit, admit that you're a sinner, admit that you fall short before the glory of God, admit that you need a savior. And then you believe, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross to forgive you of your sins and that God raised him from the grave to grant you newness of life. And then confess, confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior and you can be welcomed into the family of God. Would you guys join me in prayer? God, I thank you, Lord, for this reminder that the church isn't a building, that it's a family, and it's a family that you created, that you designed, that you put together. God, I pray that we would be a loving church family, that we would seek out those opportunities to love and serve one another, to be kind and compassionate and understanding. Uh, Lord, within family, there's conflict. And so, God, I just pray that you would help us to resolve that conflict. And, Lord, that we would bring peace and that we wouldn't wage war, Lord, that we would be peacemakers. Uh, and that we would bring resolution to the conflicts within this family. Um, God, and lastly, we thank you for Jesus Christ, that because of you, because of Jesus, we can be welcomed into the family of God and be called children of God. We thank you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.